0: I've been caught, but I'm keeping on, keeping on, and I've
1: been taught, but I'm keeping on, Good keeping afternoon, good evening. I'm Dove Tusman and you're on equal footing. Almost Happy New Year. Tough times right now around the world with this Omicron wave. Omicron sounds like a supervillain. You know, apropos to tonight's show, we've done some controversial shows over the last couple of years, you know that have raised hackles both in the observant Jewish community, other religious communities and in the community at large of listeners. That's never my intent. My intent is always to kind of address issues I think need to be talked about and try to do so in a way that that allows us to have appreciation for others' points of view and if we disagree. well, I think tonight's show is probably going to be controversial, but not why you know, not how you'd expect it. <laughs> it's a light hearted end to the year here on equal footing. We're talking about the influence of Jewish identity and culture and thought on the modern day comic book and now film superhero. Okay. We've kind of tongue in cheek entitled tonight's show Super Jew. And you know what? It is absolutely mind-blowing what the the kind of proportion, almost all of the superheroes that are out there were created by Jewish illustrators, Jewish writers. We're going to get to that in a moment. It's overwhelming. And the stories involved in the, the, uh, The the origin stories of Batman and Superman and uh, Avenger and uh, Doctor Strange and the Hulk and Fantastic Four and the Thing and Spider-Man and so forth. They're all, so many of them tied into Jewish mythology and lore and, and also the extraordinary trauma that the Jewish people have lived through in the 20th century. If you're not Jewish... And you're listening to us right now. Stay tuned. This is some pretty wild stuff. We're going to talk about Nazis tonight. We're going to talk about the uh, em- the em- emotional and physical uh, troubles that are in- identified in some of these characters that um, in some ways represent the-, the struggle not only of the Jewish um, immigrant in the United States, but also other ethnic minority groups and racial minority groups. I'm so pleased to be joined here in the studio tonight, and it's so great to be back post COVID in the studio again, and totally recovered. And here in the studio with uh, Rabbi Simcha Weinstein. Weinstein and Rabbi Simcha is a friend, and I intend, I hope that in 2022 uh, that Rabbi Simcha will be here in the studio again, talking about something that's very close to his heart, which is the uh, journey of autistic children in general, and in the and in the Jewish community, and more specifically the observant Jewish community. That's a completely different subject. But Rabbi Simcha is known not only for his advocacy in that area, but in the much more serious topic. Uh, it's hard for me not to
0: speak, though. So uh,
1: yeah, we're almost there. We got to get to the intro. We're almost there. Yeah, I have to introduce you. Because All right, it's I'm wild. Ready. I'm ready. hold Holding back. <laughs> so Rabbi Simcha, here we go. Here we go, Simcha. He's an internationally known speaker. He's a best-selling author. He's written books like Up Up and Oy Vey, How Jewish History, Culture, and Values Shaped the Comic Book su- Superhero. He's also written about Jewish humor in the 21st century in his great book Shtick Shift. Love that. Rabbi Simcha has appeared on CNN and NPR. He's been profiled in leading publications like the New York Times, the Miami Herald, the London Guardian, oh. etc. hes I know. That's why I had keep to going, keep the bio. You can't do this. this. is like pumping you up here. A syndicated <laughs> columnist. You know, Rabbi Simcha writes for the Jerusalem Post, for the Jewish Telegraphic Agency, a.k.a. JTA, the Royal Shakespeare Company, Condé Nast, lots of other literary agencies. He also chairs the Religious Affairs Committees at committee at pratt institute uh the renowned of course new york-based art school rabbi this is the coolest thing about your bio in my humble opinion you were voted by the new york pbs station channel 13 probably the most well-known pbs station in the united states as new york's hippest rabbi
0: lower your expectations but yes i was
1: you know we've had a bunch of hip rabbis on equal footing over time so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you let's see can I give you a little like hipness rating at the end of the show? Let's go. I'm All ready. Right. Well, we're going to come back okay. to that. Okay. You know and and I end on the note that it began with here, which is stay tuned for the show in the future as well and check out on autism. Uh, Rabbi Simcha, has, has his newest book is called The Case for Children, Why Parenthood Makes Your World Better. It, it's now available. And he's written a great article. It's been carried uh, nationally and internationally in Tablet Magazine on his journey, um, uh, his and his wife's journey with their artistic, autistic son, something very close to my heart. As many listeners know, I have uh, a younger brother who also displays um, autism. and. And, and Rabbi Simcha is the founder of Chabad of Clinton Hill and Chabad of Pratt Institute. And uh, he recently founded, on the la- last note, the Jewish Autism Network. So check that out at jewishautismnetwork.com. Okay. Rabbi Simcha, I'm going to shut up. First of all, give us a little primer on the OG you know, comic book superhero, Superman. Was, okay. he, was he Jewish?
0: Okay, Dove, we got to we got to uh, backtrack. Firstly, uh the last show of the year, we're keeping it light. So, uh, I am Jewish and Israel light. So, Dove, they say if a person's name ends in man, they're either Jewish, Lippman, Feldman, Goldman, or a superhero, Superman, Spider-Man. There is more than that. But Dove, are we going to be honest and vulnerable with the listeners? And are you willing to admit, Always. Always. are you willing to admit that I am a stand in off the bench? Last night we had a conversation, right? Can we go there? Permission yeah, let's go, go there. there. Let's go. Let's go there. You were a guest down, rabbi down. I and I stepped up off the bench and I'm, I'm shocked, impressed, inspired, and enamored because in 24 hours you have done a deep dive into. Jewish influences on comic book superheroes. So uh, I'm impressed, I'm honored and I'm thrilled to be here. There's no better way for me to end the year and by the way, though you don't know this, but at the stroke of midnight tonight
1: it's my birthday. So this is it. This Happy is Erev birthday. Erev birthday I'm spending it with you. So tell us about like the the, the your your origin story is on your mind then. And and Superman's origin story is also Jewish, no? Very, very. Okay, so uh, really, I mean,
0: Superman is sort of the world's first superhero. He appeared on the front cover of Action Comics number no. one in, I believe, 1938. Sold for a mere ten cents. Dove, can you guess
1: how much Action Comics number no. one is worth today? Uh let's see. I feel like they put in the job, Uh Eight million dollars. Wow, so you're,
0: you're a high roll over here. <laughs> it's closer to $3 million, okay, but uh all right. It's that, a lot for if you have one, talk to me. We'll work out a Chabad tax end of your deduction. <laughs> but Superman was created by two Jews from Cleveland, Ohio, Jerry Siegel and Joseph Schuster. And right from the beginning, I think the Jewishness was very clear and very apparent. In episode number two, he goes to an unnamed European location. He meets Adolphus Runyon, who is a very thinly veiled metaphor for Adolf Hitler. Superman is put in an ancient pillared room. He knocks down the pillars and says a man named Samson once tried to do this. And if you think I'm exaggerating, prophetizing, trying to sell you a book, you're damn right. However, there can be no bigger proof of Superman's Jewish origins than the Nazis themselves. Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi Minister of Propaganda, actually denounced Superman That's right, a, a, Jew, a Jew in the presence of of the Führer at the two, Reichstag, right? In like These
1: 1941. two
0: initiates from Cleveland went all the way to Berlin and I will give you an amazing quote. You know, I am a a Balchuva. You know, I did not grow up religious observant Hasidic Orthodox Chabad. I grew up normal, Dov, as I like to tell people. And uh, I wish I could quote the Talmud the way I can quote uh, the comic book. But in Das Schwarzkorps, the weekly newsletter of the Nazi SS party in 1940, they wrote the following. This will blow you away. They wrote Jerry Siegel, Superman's Jewish creator. One of the co-founders. Of there you Superman. go. Is an intellectually Co-creator. and physically circumcised chap the inventive israelite named the guy with the overdeveloped body and the underdeveloped mind superman as you can see there is nothing the sadducees won't do for money woe to the american youth who must live in such a poisoned atmosphere and don't even notice the poison with which they Swallow daily. So, it's Rabbi
1: Simcha, hang, hang on a second. Okay, that's. I mean, it's amazing how, how Goebbels and, and the Nazi Party was so concerned with Superman, and who, who, in his first episode or his, his first couple of issues, is already beating up Nazis even before the war. Uh, right. But look, take a step back, because people may not know the origin story. And I have to give you. Uh, I have to like. Uh, uh, I'm going to uh, tell you something. I don't know if you know. My first name, my middle name is Dove. My first name is Kalel. Uh oh. Okay. Now Kalel Hebrew, be all <laughs> of God or the voice of God. Right. And tell us as it relates to tonight's show, and so this is a topic I've been I've been keen about, meaning right. Jews and superheroes since I was like three years right. old. Right. Who is Kalel? So Kalel
0: is Superman's Kryptonian name, which is Hebrew, as you said, for the, the voice of God, the vessel of God. In fact, if you'll allow me to put on my yarmulke. No, it, it is on. I'm just
1: saying. Uh, it. te- it's, te- it's, it's on. It's on. I'm <laughs> kosher. By the way, I, wished, I wish we were on video for this show. We're going to do so in the future. We're 2022. are we going to happen so 2022. Getting, again. We're riffing. You've got a, we're great, you got I a know. comic book. We've got now. a book we're in front of, now. of you. We've got lots of images and, here in the studio. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry.
0: So if you go to shul this week, no guilt, no pressure, but this week's Torah portion talks about Moses empowered, inspired to leave uh, to uh, lead the Israelites out of uh, out of Egypt, Mitzrayim. So it's really the Superman story. What's the story of Moses? As baby Moses is put into a reed basket, he's sent down the Nile. By uh, his family he grows up in a foreign culture, foreign land, the house of Pharaoh, and becomes the savior of humanity. What's Superman's origin? Baby Kal El, Hebrew. It's also El is the name of the prophets, Michael, Daniel, Emmanuel. Right. So this voice or vessel. For those of God, listeners
1: who may not know, we have a lot of non-Jewish listeners as well. L would be like uh, one of the names, Elohim, names, of, God. Of, the names right. of God. Right, yeah.
0: right. Also the names of the prophets, yeah. and so here you have this sort of holy, um, divine spirit is put into a in, into a little rocket ship. Sent away from Krypton, which implodes, he becomes...
1: That's the planet he's born
0: on. There you go. He yeah. grows up in a Midwestern cornfield with the Kent family, becomes the savior of humanity. And by the way, Dove, it's remarkable the story was happening for real, as the old country. And his Europe. father also has a Hebrew name, right? Joel. Right. So, uh, as, as, as the old country of Krypton implodes, It really was a metaphor and very representative of the old country in Europe as Jewish children were put onto trains, transports, kinder transports, sent away to live in safety with families in England. So there's a lot of biblical, emotional, and historical parallels.
1: Yeah, and and also you have... And maybe I'm projecting a little too much here, Rabbi Simcha, before we go to our first break, just to to wrap on the Superman story. I mean, Clark Kent, who is his alter ego, to me, certain sense is evocative of... The assimilation challenge that we have, have had historically as Jews in this, in this country, right? Right. He's, he's disguising himself. He's almost hiding his nose, if you will. (laughs) He's, he's got, he's got, you know, so, and, and, and like, uh, what's it, Steve Rogers, right? Who is Captain America. These are characters that are kind of frail in a certain way. They're vulnerable and yet they have this other side to them that's, that's strong. Uh, we're going to come back to that that topic after our first break. We're talking with Rabbi Simcha Weinstein about the Jewish influence on superheroes. You know, I was thinking, researching for the show, there's a lot of references to kind of uh, how originally Jews were in this field because they weren't, you know, allowed into kind of, quote, more serious media Media, sorry, in the 1930s and 1940s. And this was kind of schlocky media. Right. Of course, then Graduates now become the multi-billion dollar franchises in the movie theaters and so forth. But you know what? The Tempest, Twelfth Night, I mean, these these Shakespearean uh, 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 magnum opuses or whatever, those were also considered schlock at the time. It was pulp, yeah. Yeah, so maybe in centuries from now, you know, Superman and Batman might be a couple of the most important literary figures that come out of the 20th century.
0: I think Batman has already replaced Shakespeare in the classroom, and kids, don't throw away your comic books. They could be worth uh, some <laughs> Hanukkah gelt. And, by the way, Superman, you told me I could be light. Uh, Robin Williams once said his costume is so tight, you can tell he was, and we'll save that. Uh, <laughs> But after the break,
1: you followed through. You're light of the show. Okay. Super Jew. This is the equal footing show on superheroes and their Jewish influence. Call in. Challenge us. Why are the, maybe this isn't a a Jewish thing at all. Uh, you can call in to 718-303-9090 or share your, your childhood experiences with comic books. 718 303 9090. We are live, so call in. You can say your name. You don't have to say your name if you're shy. You can make up an accent, whatever. You can also text a comment or question to 917 428 4062. Text or, yeah, text or even uh, WhatsApp a question or comment to 917 428 4062. And we'll be right back. Well, one of our sponsors? I was trying to figure out how to segue off of rabbi simcha 's comment there at the end. Obviously, that was the Superman theme. That was the OG Superman theme, at least in the movie sense from one thousand nine hundred and seventy eight Superman with the amazing actor Christopher Reeves. One of our sponsors tonight uh, as as has been uh, the case for much of this past year is Manhattan Medical. And Manhattan Medical is not just for folks in Manhattan. Manhattan Medical addresses an extremely difficult topic to talk about, but it's very important for the emotional health of couples, and that's erectile dysfunction. It affects over 50% of men in their lifetime. It's not just something you should be embarrassed about. Uh, it's critical to be able to have enjoyable sex in a, in a, in, in uh, in a marriage. Contact Manhattan Medical. They're available. Uh, for telehealth appointments as well, if you mentioned you heard about Manhattan Medical, I'm going to give the phone number in, in a moment. Um, on Equal Footing, you do get a free consult. That's a $250 value. You have to say you heard about Manhattan Medical on Equal Footing. Here is the thing, folks. Erectile dysfunction is not just treated effectively by those expensive blue pills. A lot of people have side effects from them, can't take them for comorbidity reasons. Manhattan Medical uses a new effective therapy called Gaines Wave. Check it out. It has excellent results in almost all patients. It's non-invasive. It's surgery-free. It's painless. Most important, there are no, no side effects. Uh, there are... Lots of wonderful, uh, case studies. In fact, many people over the last year have, have sent notes saying that they appreciated the introduction to Manhattan Medical. Uh, the number for Manhattan Medical to call is 888 eight E 9 That's 888 eight E 9 Make it easier for you if you're jotting down the numbers. 888. By the way, who, who writes, <laughs> who, who types it up using the number using letters in their keypad anymore? So here are the numbers. 888-332-8739. That's 888-332-8739. Manhattan Medical's Gains Wave Therapy for Erectile Dysfunction can help you. Reach out. Get out. Don't be silent about it anymore. Take care of yourself. Call Manhattan Medical now. Mention you heard about it on Equal Footing and you get a free consult that's a $250 value. Again, available for for telehealth consults anywhere in the United States. 888-332-8739. Call now. We're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tuzman. I am Kalel Dove Tuzman. My first name is, this is not a joke. That's, that's Superman's name when he was on Krypton Kalel. That is actually my first name. My middle name is Dove, which I go by, but you can also call me Kalel. Okay. Rabbi Simcha, we're talking about superheroes and <clears throat> you know, Not everybody listening probably is a fan of comic book superheroes. Maybe they have more so in the movies. Maybe they have kids that are fans. But here we go. I'm just going to list out, but maybe one of these will capture your attention. Here are superheroes that were invented by Jewish writers and illustrators. The, no particular, The Avenger. Ant-Man, well, some of these are, are alphabetical, but they're by people. So these are, these actually come from Stan Lee, probably the most famous comic book superhero creator, born Stanley Martin Lieber, by the way. The Avenger, Ant-Man, Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Hulk, The Fantastic Four, all of them. The X-Men, all of them. Spider-Man, Thor, Iron Man, Superman, Captain America, Batman, and the OG, the true OG comic book, which was created, created by Max Ginsburg, a.k.a. Charlie Gaines. A lot of these folks in the 1930s, and 1940s had Goyesha, non-Jewish names that they would use for greater acceptance. Uh, Famous Funnies. It was the first comic book, and it was actually also created by – and so was the first um really uh, acclaimed uh, graphic novel as well, which is now such an important genre uh, by Will Eisner and Art Spiegelman who started that genre. Okay. We talked a little bit about Superman. I'm impressed. You've done, you've done your homework I, I was a kid I'm impressed I read i this is, I'm impressed. The, I, I think you know I didn't I like the Marvel first of all I was about to ask you DC or Marvel Marvel for me me too because the Marvel characters to me were more like three dimensional right and they started in the early 60s right right yes Rabbi Simcha is it true I heard that the that the um that the X-Men which I think was the second Marvel group after Fantastic Four in a certain sense 1963 something like yeah. that that they that there was an inherently Jewish theme in there, or isn't the supervillain Magneto like a traumatized Holocaust survivor?
0: Oh, you want it? You're really gonna go there? Okay, so uh, it's about to get biblical. Uh, so it was really, I think, Fantastic Four was was a was a, a game changer. Just to backtrack, because Stan Lee, who uh, kind of is responsible for what's known as the Silver Age of comics, you have the 40s, and then the uh, really the 60s is when the, the superheroes evolve and they become Vulnerable, relatable, right. downbeat. They have angst. They have
1: insecurities. Who, think, who is the first series? The first one, the Justice. So I,
0: I, I would the, the first Stanley creates in '61, the Fantastic Four, and they're very right.
1: But sorry, before them, so
0: before it was like them, Superman, we, we they have Superman, The OGs are, are Batman, Superman, Captain America, the Spirit. Wonder Woman, who was not created by a Jew, although I do think it's kind of cool.
1: Although she spends a lot of time, slapping she
0: was that. uh, she was conv- uh, really created as a propaganda tool to fight in World War II, and today right. she's played in the movies by the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor, former IDF Tuches kicker, and uh, former Miss Israel Gal Gadot. So uh, to me, that is uh, it doesn't get any cooler than that. But uh, it's it was the Fantastic Four that was a different type of hero. They had, they had issues. They would – they sort of – and also they would wrestle less with costume.
1: You know, they right. were who who they but were. Rabbi, if you don't mind, before we go to the Fantastic Four and X-Men start in the 60s, Captain America is six months before Pearl Harbor, right? Yes. March 1941, Captain America comes out. Superman, Wonder Woman, Captain America, they spend a lot of their first five, six years of existence beating up on Nazis in the comics. Yes. Are, isn't that, I mean, how, how much more you have Jewish writers telling, creating heroes that spend most of their time beating up Nazis? not How is it controversial whether superheroes are or Jewish or, or, or kind of come from a Jewish identity?
0: I, I think that Jews are, uh, you know, maybe the ultimate damsel in distress, whether it's the Nazis, whether it's uh, Stalin, whether it's Mel Gibson, uh, you know, we've always kind of been that damsel in distress. I think that's that's really why Jews who were getting retching letters home from their families in the old country, they knew what was happening. Right. This was their way to fight back, not with the machine gun, but with a pencil. And these writers had Jewish educations, right? They weren't totally secular Jews. They were bar for They were Jewish. I think writers write about what they know about. I think that they tapped into a storytelling tradition rich in biblical archetype. I don't think they were trying to uh, put some subconscious Jewish content. I think they were just pulling the low-hanging fruit and looking around, and I don't think perhaps they were even aware of the richness of the poetic nature, the fact that, take Jack Kirby, the king of comics, um one of the creators of, of Captain America, who you know, he was born J- uh, Jacob Kurtzberg. He right. went to he went to Pratt actually for a there was, And in there the,
1: both of the fa- both of the creators, Joe Simon, right. and Jack the King Kirby, right. were both Jewish, right? The creators yes. of Captain America. Yes. I find that fascinating because Captain America, to me, if you didn't tell me that, if I hadn't learned that, and I, that one, I, I must say, learned reading uh, researching right. for the show, I would have thought that was the most goyish and non-Jewish character. I mean, there's nothing Jewish about the that square jaw wrapped in right. the flag. But the first issue, right. literally Captain America number one, has him has him punching Adolf Hitler. Yep. So I was very lucky to get the rights
0: from Stan Lee. You see that? I'm name dropping, okay? I'm you showing know, you, you know right now, personally. You I had him. the chance to talk to him on the phone. We spoke a few times, and honestly, it was like, I don't want to say talking to, to God, but it was like talking to God. Um, Just that gravelly it, voice on the other end of the phone. Sure. It was like, wow. So I'm showing you right now the front cover of Captain America number one. Six months before Pearl Harbor. March has,
1: 1941. I'm looking at this in the yep, studio. Yep. And can I see that? It's, sure. It's a, it, Captain America, wrapped in the flag, of course, is delivering a strong right hook right to, uh, to Mr. H's uh, face. So by the way, the first superhero to
0: openly engage in the war. Before that, it was Allegory. It was Adolphus. Notice anything different about the shield?
1: Uh, I'm not. Uh, three what's, stars? I don't know what's different.
0: It's round today
1: uh, ah, yeah, and, and what's what in here for know, folks round. listening it's not round yeah. it's uh it looks like a medieval there
0: shape you go. yes yeah. so it's an interesting point that you make because really he looks all american there's not much uh there's not much jew in him and he's literally the flag wrapped masquerading as costume however and here if you want to get a little deeper and a little controversial and uh this is not live, right? This not being recorded. No one's listening, right? I can, I can go there. I'm joking. I know, it, I know it
1: is. <laughs> you know, I know it is. We don't have any time delay. So I know you have millions of,
0: of listeners all over the world. But what I'm about, I'm about to drop the bomb uh, on 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 the listeners right now. Tell us. I'm have to uh, escape out the back door. But if you think about it, he's he's really he's all American. However, I would argue he's not really American. What he is is the wish fulfillment of what it means to be all-American coming from the immigrant Jew who was, I guess, sort of masquerading and assimilating and wanted to be accepted as all-American. You know, bearing in mind in those days, you know, country clubs were not, uh, you know, enrolling Jews, Ivy League schools, even entire neighborhoods. The German-American bong was marching down mainstream cities. So here you have this character... He's really the Jewish wish fulfillment.
1: We're talking about Captain
0: America. Captain America and the wish, the fantasy, was so beautiful that America adopted the fantasy as reality. I believe you can make the argument that the American dream is a Jewish invention. It's the same in fashion, film. It's the same in comedy. It's this desire to fit in and blend. And it's so beautiful that who can't relate to the idea of being the outsider insider. And only a Jew, as I told you last night, would... uh, Create a song like White Christmas or Easter Parade.
1: Right. We're gonna come back to this topic after our next break, and and we'll take a caller as well. And you know, because there is an argument that's been out there for a number of years, says, you know what, J- the Jewish influence in the comic book comic book industry is not that different from the influence on film or on literature and science. Of course, there's gonna, you know, there's there's uh, an immigrant population that you know wasn't it wasn't old money and kind of gets into into creative and discovery fields. Well, you know what. I don't know if that argument stands up because it's such a dominance in the comic book industry. It's just different. The storytelling memes are different. They're even tied back to history to the Golem of Prague, which I want to get to as well. But it's... uh, it's just hard to to overlook that. You know what? In film, I mean, Orson Welles wasn't Jewish. Alfred Hitchcock wasn't Jewish. The first major blockbuster feature film, The Birth of a Nation, was an anti-Semitic right. and racist right. film. I mean, vaudeville was not a Jewish. Even, you know what? I, I, maybe this will be more controversial. It won't be as controversial as your idolatrous comment, by the way, <laughs> about Stan Lee sounding like God. But, you know, if you look at the literature that came out of the Holocaust, Elie Wiesel, Viktor Frankl, et cetera, even that, it was kind of, in a certain sense, I would argue, I mean, extraordinary and and transformative in the way we see civilization in many ways. But, but genre specific. I mean, it was a genre. I mean, it was is specific. Whereas superheroes have trans. I mean, these movies and comic books are popular in every country on the planet, every age cohort. Even these are the biggest movie blockbusters. I, I, even though Superman came out in 1938, in researching the show, Rabbi Simcha. I found out that it was one of the most popular titles in Germany, meaning on bookshelves in Germany when it was banned. It's a version of the Ubermensch, of Uh. the the
0: Hitler ideal of the Ubermensch. Now, when I was a kid, I had no idea there was Jewish subtext. I was the smallest kid in high school, promised the post-bar mitzvah growth spurt that I'm still waiting for. I was bullied mercilessly. I still remember getting what's called in the Talmud, in the Gemara, an atomic wedgie. You know what an atomic wedgie is? So when the undies are pulled up, okay, and I, I, right. I, I remember, you know, suffering anti-Semitism. And there's something about Spider-Man that spoke to me because he had angst, insecurities. Sure. And at the same time, he had this ability to transcend. And I didn't know it had Jewish subject, but it spoke to me. Well, I was really break, later on that I made
1: the connection. We're going to get to that next generation of angst ridden, emotionally right. troubled heroes that started in the, start of the 1960s. Uh, I appreciate you covering a little bit of that DC period, 1930s and 1940s. We'll be back with Rabbi Simcha Weinstein talking about super Jew, <laughs> Jew Jewish influence on the comic book superhero. We'll be right back. That's 212 661 3376.
0: You could even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board certified dermatologists
1: from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212 661 3376. And don't forget to mention
0: Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures.
1: Hey, you're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tuzman and I'm here with Rabbi Simcha Weinstein, who is a world renowned expert on the influence of Jewish identity and thought on the comic book superhero. This is not a laughing matter. This is serious stuff. The superheroes have influence. Look at Joseph Campbell's work on the hero's journey. The superhero in the modern movie context, the comic book context, it is our, um, it's our epic journey. You talked about the Moses, origin story being so tied to the superman origin story um allegorically before we go on to the 1960s because that's when marvel comics comes along stan stanley lieber aka Stanley, lee and uh fantastic four and and um the avengers and and um x-men etc just before we leave that 1940s period i in researching the show rabbi simcha this was my probably favorite thing i found i wish i could show this uh so i'm going to try obviously we're only working with audio here but this is the joker Who's the Joker? Rabbi
0: created by Jerry Robinson, who I had the chance to actually panel with. I, I panelled with him in Comic Con in uh, the Java Center. We became friends. He created the Joker. I believe he met he met he met Bob Kane, right. uh, Batman's creator, at Grossinger's. Kosher Resort in the, the Catskills. Catskills. We've talked about Gotham City other shows. based on Gotham Jewelers, where I think it was uh, <laughs> Kane's mother worked, uh, or Bill Finger, the, the other co-creator. I love it. I love it. And uh, from my understanding, was Joker was sort of this borscht, almost Catskills-type uh, uh, villain.
1: Right. Yeah, Bob Kane. Also born Robert Kahn. Right. And Bill Finger, the founder, Jewish founders of, uh, co-creators of Batman. Well, the Joker is the arch-villain Batman, right? The right. arch-villain of Batman. The nemesis. Yeah, and the nemesis. And in one of the early Batman, uh, issues, there's a scene where the Joker allies with a, uh, a, a guy who's got a Nazi suit on and has a red skull. So I'm going to show this to you here in the studio, right? Uh, and this is his ally in a, in some sort of criminal undertaking. And he realizes that the guy's not pretending. He's actually a Nazi. And the Joker says, you mean that's not just some crazy disguise? I've been working with a Nazi? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the red skulled Nazi character says back, but of course, why are you so upset, Joker? From what I've read, your exploit from your exploits, it seems obvious you would make a superb Nazi. And the, this is the part that I love. Wow. The Joker responds, that mask must be cutting off oxygen to your brain. I may be a criminal lunatic. But I'm an American criminal lunatic. <laughs> keep boy, keep back, boys. This Nazi creep is mine. And he proceeds to shoot him. So even the arch villains right. are Nazi haters. Right. It's interesting because when the Dark Knight movie, the movie
0: came out, I made uh, a great. billion zillion dollars at the box office. I was at the time close with Jerry Robinson, created the Joker who was uh, selling Prince of the Joker for $50 a pop because not all of these creators were the best businessmen. They didn't oh, right. have business acumen. I mean, I think Bob Kane well, did.
1: Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, Fat Superman. They got like, what, 30 bucks or something? They sold the rights bucks?
0: for $130. Right. I wish they would have kept some issues of their first comic. Um, but yeah, and they were actually sold out by other businessmen who were also Jewish. Right. There's a, a, a real tragic shadow side yeah. To uh, some of the lives of the creators.
1: We're actually going to touch on that. I mean, let's take this patient caller on line three before we talk about the 1960s Marvel Comics superheroes. Line three, you're on the air.
2: Hi, good evening. Is that Stan? You got it. How are Stan,
1: you? Stan, the eponymous one. I mean, we're talking hey, about your uh, hey, namesake. Uh, I
2: tried calling you last week. You you should have even been on the air. You sounded terrible.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, mean, I was, I was you, you technically was, I mean, negative, but you, I was doing it from home. And I was well, it. I was still, still so and all, go but go I'm good. glad yeah. you're okay.
2: Uh, Thank that's you, that's you so thing. much. Uh, what I think the gentleman is not telling you is that uh, I had Superman comics, about 200, 300 of them. I sold them. But here's the point. Schuster. And the other one didn't do anything. Jerry Siegel. Siegel, yeah. In any of their comics, I I didn't see any Jewishness of any kind in their comics. uh, I'm talking Superman now. The history of them is basically the superhero. There was never anything in the comics on Jewish or the Holocaust or anti-Semitism at all. And that's the fact. I have it. There was never anything like this. Well, Secondly, wait a minute. Be, what, well, I'm going to I'm gonna television. Let, you,
1: I'm gonna let you go to your second question, but I just want to uh, let you know yeah. that of the first five years of the Superman, 1938 to 1943, yeah. even starting. By the way, issue number two, Superman's yeah. fighting the Nazis. They mentioned
2: it, the Germans. Right. I
1: know. No, but over 60 percent, over 60 percent. Of the issues between 1938 and 1943, feature in some way Superman fighting Nazis.
2: Nazis, but not dealing with anti-Semitism oh, okay. or even mentioning the Holocaust uh, or anything. That's fair. And when there's, uh, here's the other thing: when it went to television, you know, it was a Gentile show. It was no, it, There was nothing mentioned about you, and even in the movies, nothing. So the only, and I just want to mention the companion, the cartoonists like Disney. And and Lance, who was Jewish, and Fleischner, they Disney had to be pushed, but they did Holocaust uh, uh, cartoons to show the public in the movies. The the comic books looked the other way; they did well, not do Disney, anything. Well,
1: Disney wasn't in comics, to be fair. They, in fact, they no, hated no, comics I, I know that. None was, of them. They, no, comics I'm just are to subversive. Say
2: they were in another industry, but right. they were doing their characters, but they understood the, and they did films. On the Holocaust, in cartoon fashion. Yeah,
1: your point is totally valid. In fact, Rabbi Simcha, I, I think that, I want to come back to something else Stan mentioned. Great but, talking to you. No, stay in the line, Stan. Stay oh, okay, I'm okay. Um, Because actually, like, for example, the fundamentalist uh, Christian world, and we have a lot of love for that world. We have a lot of listeners as well that have, that have participated over over time from, um, from that faith and, and group, uh, in some sense have also claimed Superman as a Jesus figure. Uh, I mean, that's that's out there as well in the cultural zeitgeist. So do you agree with Stan? Are these were these just having to be Jewish people and inventing that's completely it. non-Jewish characters? Right, I, I think I think, Stan, you uh,
0: are passionate and you make great points. I, I would even uh, make your point even more emphatically that uh, initially Superman wasn't even that super. He couldn't even fly. He was sort of a, a depression era bruiser. He fought trade unions, I believe, in the first episode. Um, in fact, he sort of lusted over, and I'm using this as an archetype, so I don't want the listeners to get upset. My, uh, I'm quoting, uh, I got my fingers up right now in air quotes. Air quotes, air quotes. That, uh, Lois Lane was known to be the Shiksa goddess and <laughs> sort of represented this sort of uh, a Gentile fantasy. In fact, I believe she was based on on one of their um, high school kind of crushes So they ended up married. They grew up in Cleveland, right? Right. So I think the fact that they don't mention anti-Semitism really does almost show how masked they really were and how much they were trying to fit in. And the writer of Cavalier and Clay...
2: No, no. With all due respect... Go on. These guys were looking to make money. They made money. But well, when it sold to television, when it went into movies, the, the estates, Judaism was never on their mind. Let's well, get real. L-
1: l- I, 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 l- I admit. Let's, let's let's try. However, I'll, I'll however, the advocate because. <laughs> we, we talked about the superheroes and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of Jewish right. humor because I want to have you on a show another time you've written a book on that as well stick shift. in nineteen fifty Shtick Shift that's gotta be a,
0: careful that, you say that Dove sh- <laughs> I once made a terrible <laughs> error <laughs> I once made a terrible error on NPR I'm the only rabbi <laughs> ever <laughs> to be beeped on NPR
1: Shtick Shift is also <laughs> a book by Rabbi by Simcha you gotta check it out on Jewish Stan humor Sam likes me and 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 I remember vividly your calls Stan when we did that call, we did that show on Jewish humor and the, cast over the- right, right. in 1952 guys Uh, Mad Magazine comes out and Mad Magazine we haven't talked about here on the show but that is major cultural influence in fact you have in the 1950s and 60s a whole backlash against comic books and you also have like Vault of Horrors and Tales (laughs) from the Crypt and stuff like this and Mad Magazine is first issue is all about Yiddish humor I mean it's like the story and and you have like all sorts of and, and the golem makes its way into one of the first issues and so forth so I would dispute, and this will be a good segue, Rabbi Simcha, for what we were going to, we promised to do in this segment. When Stan Lee, who had been in the industry already in 1961, said, has kind of an existential crisis, I want to do something different. I would argue it wasn't about money. In his own memoirs, he talks about how he wanted to create characters right. that were more three dimensional and talk about the characters he created because I think that might, that might militate against Stan's point. Okay. No, I, just
0: talked I mean, Superman. Grimm, Wait, wait, wait! His I first character, Ben Superman. Grimm, is Jewish, Stan, right? Stan's right. Dove is pivoting. Dove is pivoting. But I will tell you, Stan. <laughs> I'll tell you that in, in uh, April 1998, DC Comics released a three-part Superman story. It was uh, to celebrate the milestone, the 60th uh, anniversary of Superman. And it has, it's literally set in sort of war, World War II uh, times. And it has these, uh, these two, uh, kids that are sort of based on Siegel and Schuster and it has a drawing that's sort of Superman and they're in the Warsaw Ghetto and it goes back and they talk about the golem. It's almost a retcon that DC are doing, but there is an acknowledgement even her. in DC that yeah. there is this sort of uh, Jewish canon to the creators. So it, it, it does appear in in the comic, but I would agree with Stan. I think there was perhaps a, a little bit of an, of an embarrassment and it's not something that they pushed in the way that standing i'm I'm
1: going to be the minority here in, in the in the in the room what if, i mean tell the listeners about the golem of prague Who's was really the first superhero right 16th century
0: the golem of prague was sort of like uh, yeah he was like the kind of the... actually they say that Mary Shelley based Frankenstein on on the golem oh, from the right. Maharal of Prague, Absolutely. the yeah. the defender of ancient Prague and uh in fact Stan Lee, Stan, you're gonna like this. I'm mixing up my stands now. Stan from Brooklyn is gonna like this that Stan I'm Lee from Queens. <laughs> oh, look even you,
1: better look at you with your cultural even assumptions, right
0: <laughs> Okay, from Queens, uh, Spider Man Forest Hills, hello. That's so uh, Stan Lee, who is also Spider-Man from Forest Hills? Sure. And Stanley, who grew up in Queens, Stanley told me that he based the Golem, that the Hulk was based on the Golem, that the Hulk's not right. really a bad guy. Right. In fact, the Hulk is kind of a, the, the most so, hero sorry,
1: archetype. Sorry to be a little bit of yeah. a, like a little but we have to do a tiny bit of historic primacy. So well, Golem's 16th century figure, yes. a mythical figure created by the Ma- Maharal of Prague, yes. which is this great uh, Jewish uh, a thinker,
0: tabulist, leader, a rabbi.
1: mystical rabbi, right. one of the early uh, in that movement. And the Golem is created as this su- really a superhero, superpower, like defender, a protector, yeah, to protect her of the Jews who goes yeah. out and like beats up on bad guys. Right. And to be fair, although we had tons of here, Epic of Gilgamesh, Thousands of years right. ago, you have the hero's journey. But it really is the first time you have a beast hero. Yes. We've had beast villains <laughs> throughout throughout history. You have beast villains in various stories.
2: Right. One uh, last thing. One last thing quickly. Go. I wished... That Superman would have been bar mitzvah if they really wanted to play the Jewish <laughs> man. But it would have been a great moment in comic history, but it never happened, and that's the tragedy of uh, you know, the know it legend, is.
0: There is a legend, Stan, that if you watch the movie Superman 2, there's a scene when Superman rescues a boy from, uh, was it the Grand Canyon, I think? Right, and right. And right, someone right. could be hit in the background saying, he's a nice boy, he must be Jewish. I believe you can I Google that, that too. I have not that, but
1: I, I wish too. true. But the, okay, so Stan, thank you so much as always for participating. Happy New Year to you. Uh, the, But it, to Stan's point, 1961, the first explicitly Jewish character comes along. I mean, lady revealed as such, but kind of obvious is named Benjamin Grimm, who right. is the Thing. Okay. So bring us, now let's talk, All about, right. let's talk about Marvel. Coming All soon, right. Because okay, Marvel so is
0: the big daddy okay, now. We're about to get biblical. So Stan Lee, and I think he's getting frustrated with sort of like the, um, I think the early superheroes were uh, a little more, you know, truth, justice, the American way, a little more binary, perhaps, right. less, less. I mean, Batman aside, but less um, very patriotic. I think Stanley wanted to do something more real, more raw, uh, superheroes with angst, with issues, with insecurities, which is all very Jewish. And uh, in 61, he creates the Fantastic Four. It's a family And they fetch, they fight, they save the world, they come home, they have dinner. It's very (laughs) dewy. It's not an, like, initially, you know, whether it's Metropolis. Gotham City, it's all very a metaphor for New York City. Right. Whereas the Fantastic Four live and in where most New York of City. The
1: comic book creation and writing
0: is Right. Going on they they live in New York City, the yep. Baxter building. And and you're right to uh, make comment on Benjamin Jacob Grimm, aka The Thing. He has a rock like substance over his uh, body. Jack Kirby's name was Jacob, famous patriarch, spends the night uh, wrestling an angel. His father's name was Benjamin, a devout <laughs> Jew, went to Minion three times a day, grows up on Yancey Street in the comics, which is very clearly the iconography. Everything about is Delancey Street. There's an episode, I which I'm going to have you read, it. Dove. Dove, we're about to go there. There's a later episode where The Thing goes back to Yancey Street. I mean, he meets this character who obviously is Stan Lee, if you look at the it And The Thing, I got to say, I know you, you you mentioned The Hulk, but The
1: Thing seems like Golem as well. He's
0: very much so. I, I, I Remind me the the Hulk. I have an incredible anecdote, but yeah. let's stay on stay on target. Yeah. So the thing thinks this guy is dead. He stands over him. We're going to ask you, Dove, live on air. Please read
1: this panel from a Marvel comic. Okay, I can't do Wait it from over bit. there. I'm going to grab the the. the okay. Right All right. There. This is the thing talking. Yep. God, the print is so small. Um. Shema, Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. I
0: think that's Jewish. I don't know. Sounds like it. Standing queens may argue with me, but Holy I think Holy cow. The, so this is, this is 1961. He, he opens up the F of the Fantastic Four belt. It's a little later. So what is he... Why is he doing the Shema right here? Because he, he thinks the guy okay. is
1: dead. First of all, we do have non-Jewish listeners, and we have a lot of secular Jewish listeners. That's okay. The Shema is at the core They can buy my books, price. too? They can. Buy... The book Up Up and Oive is the book I'm reading. There you out go. Of Rabbi Simcha Weinstein's wonderful book on the Jewish history of comic uh, book heroes, as well as Shtick Shift and Jewish uh, humor. Um, so for our secular Jewish or non-Jewish, what is the Shema, Rabbi Simcha?
0: It's sort of like, uh, declaring the oneness of God. It's, it's a prayer. It's like the, perhaps considered to be really the most powerful prayer in, in the Jewish liturgy. It's, it's the prayer that said upon Someone's deathbed, even uh, it's uh, it said three times a day. It said before we go to sleep. It, said it was in the
1: said as, and, as people were walking in into yes, in the gas and would the say Holocaust. the Shema. But right. if you look at the comic on the next panel, what, did, what he, do you want me to read now?
0: No, no, no it, I, I'm going to explain. It. It. He opens up the unless you he opens up the belt buckle of the uh, the Fantastic Four, and underneath the four, he pulls out a Magen a Star of David necklace, and uh, the guy wakes up and says, "I didn't know you were Jewish." And the thing says, the comics, I figure there's enough problems in the world without people thinking Jews are monsters like me. Oh, wow. And the monster hero archetype goes to the next level with this guy. Who am I showing you right now? Is that
1: Professor Reinstein? No. who? That's That's the Hulk. Right, but I, uh, now I'm getting now I'm having cognitive distance for a second. I know oh, was it was at the X Men. Profe- w- What's professor Reinstein was supposed to be a, a Albert Einstein in the comics? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, events, yeah, yeah. One of yeah, char- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that is. I wish
1: Stan was still in the line, I
0: know, know explain that. It. it really these really were Jewish characters. I know. I, <laughs> anyway, I yeah, well, in America. I, yeah. I got to It's in the book. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll,
1: I'll look at it on the next break. And
0: by the way, the, this this is not a ju- there's nothing comic about a comic book. When I wrote this book, I had to do a deep dive because there are universes on you. Uni- and as you said before, you uh, you brought up that uh, there are those that say Superman has a, a almost Christ-like um, power. And if you look at some of the movies, they certainly integrate some of those sort of poses where Superman will be frozen in air with his arms out looking right. a little... Uh, but, uh, and so I think it does, you know, it's not, uh, and, and it crosses over to cultures and it's certainly, uh, you know, up for, uh, up for uh, interpretation.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, just because there are Christian references, I mean, these, these were writers writing and illustrating for a broad audience. So right. they are also trying to do things to help 100%. people connect. There's so absolutely Only, no question. Did you created black are Christian man? illusions right. throughout the comic. Right. So you are, you're amazing. Professor Reinstein, you got it. Preston Reinstein is the one who creates the mechanism that Steve Rogers. I was worried. I thought,
0: I thought Stan was going to come after me from
1: Queens. And so Joseph Reinstein is obviously supposed to be Albert Einstein in 1948. He's the one who creates the mechanism that Steve Rogers becomes Captain America. We got to take another break. I'm sorry. We're going to come back with Rabbi Simcha Weinstein. You can still get texts. Questions or comments in? We have a few good ones. 917-428-4062 for your text questions and comments. It's 917-428-4062. We might be able to squeeze in one more caller. 718-303-9090. We'll be right back.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Equal Footing is also brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, DocuVax. Very apropos to the moment. We're going through this wave after wave after wave of the pandemic. And one of the things the pandemic has forced upon us is much more awareness and control over our own medical records. Well, DocuVax helps you easily and securely manage your medical records. Your medical records do not belong to your doctor. They may use them, but they do not belong to your doctor. They don't belong to your insurance company. They sure as heck do not belong to the government. So even though you often have to present proof of vaccine or you want to get a reminder on a preventative screening like a colorectal exam or or a breast cancer screening, you should control your own health. I think it's amazing as a pet owner that I have often more reminders about necessary screenings and blood exams and vaccines and so forth for my dog, who I love with all my heart, than for my own self or even my daughter. I mean, there really needs to be a self-driven control of your medical records. Use DocuVax. Check it out. DocuVax.com. You can also download the DocuVax. That's D-O-C-U-V-A-X. Uh, uh, app on the uh, app stores on iPhones and uh, Android phones and for as little as $6.99 per month as a DocuVac subscriber, you can privately access all of your medical records from a secure HIPAA compliant digital storage facility on your laptop or your smartphone. And this is the best part. Medical professionals, doctors and nurses are on call for you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to validate a vaccine record, a blood test, or anything else in your medical locker, even x-rays, MRIs, CAT scan results, etc. And your medical data is never accessible to anybody that you don't want it to be. You can share it privately using a proprietary QR code-based system. You can even time it out so they will only have access briefly, and you don't have to show anything you don't want to. Right now, what I find annoying, for example, around uh, some of the uh, uh, protocols that are required to show you vaccines, that I have to show someone at a door entering a restaurant my birth date. I have to show them my whole name? I mean, they can do things with that information. Why should I have to show that? Well, Docuvax is allowed as a proof of vaccine for COVID and other uh immunizations vaccines for schools, concert venues, restaurants, bars, etc. Check it out, Docuvax. If you don't want to sign up at docuvax.com or by downloading the app, you can also call uh, 833-859-1933. That's 833-859-1933. And if you want to be a sponsor, if you're a small business owner, you can actually get group discounts by mentioning that you heard about DocuVax on equal footing, and then you can sponsor lots of your employees or your partners to have the DocuVax system that's private for them, but it's like a gym membership. It's a nice added, very low-cost HR benefit. So check out DocuVax or call 833-859-1933. Operators are standing by. I've been You are back on equal footing. I'm here with Rabbi Simcha Weinstein. I'm Dov Tuzman. I am Kalel Dov Tuzman. That is my full name. Actually, my full name is Kalel Dov Isasa Tuzman. I have four names. It's like I have two, a first name and middle name, a lot of us have, but I have a compound non-hyphenate last name. I love all of my names equally, but just for brevity's sake, it's easier to use Dov. But on this program, I've been using Kalel because that's Superman's name. Rabbi, you thought we were going to be like, ah, an hour show? Are we really going to no, have enough to talk I, about? I, I, Are you I don't kidding know the time me? goes. We could talk for another hour on this stuff. No. All right. I, I want to, a couple people have, have asked about, uh, switching gears a little bit, have asked about the subversive nature. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of consolidate three different text questions. And I actually had this question in my notes as well. Many people, you mentioned it actually. First issue of Superman, 1938. He's not battling, um, nice. super villains. He's actually like, fighting like a trade union and and he breaks into the governor's mansion and he actually uh, like beats up a domestic abuser and like uh, is like and then he actually is going to terrorize lobbyists I mean one of Batman's first issues is him like dangling a corrupt business person over a ledge telling him to change his ways the I would argue the biggest arch villain in all of comics is actually a businessman Lex Luthor so there is I'm going to just hit this nail right in the head because we don't have much time left. There's been a long standing argument, a lot of these um these were socialist uh uh kind of philosophies are woven in, Jewish socialist philosophies woven into some of these comics. Um, an anti kind of corporatist, anti capitalist uh approach, or at least, at the very least, something subversive that acknowledged that we need vigilantes and that the law and the system doesn't always protect us. Kind of a Jewish belief. Yeah, I mean uh Law is not protecting no, us for hundreds You, you of years. kind of you made me think there's a there's
0: a DC just put out a graphic novel that they asked me to write about called Whistle. And Whistle is a is a Jewish character, it's in the Gotham universe, mentions Batman but doesn't include Batman, and she fights gentrification. I mean, I think certainly there is a socialist and social justice route. To a lot of these characters, after all, they were just kind of mirroring their own lives and, and uh, their own experiences. So, so yeah, and I think that you know, with any uh, hero story, you want to up the ante, and I think uh, you want to go bigger. And who bigger than the Nazis? And, and they were a villain that they themselves were, I think, invested in. So it made sense for things to sh- to make a shift from the uh, societal to uh to Berlin. And I think that when Superman ties a knot in the canon of a Nazi tank, bear in mind that one in six, it's been estimated, allied soldiers carried a comic book as they fought the war. Uh, it, it was wish fulfillment. It was fantasy. And it was, I have to be honest, uh, propaganda and very powerful propaganda.
1: But isn't it such a, a Jewish thing? I mean this in a in a in a. Uh, 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 With awe (laughs) to incorporate in what might otherwise be seen as statist propaganda, kind of a subversiveness as well. I mean, there is a subversiveness to a lot. of. And Batman, listen, Batman and Spider-Man spend half of their time fighting the police.
0: Right. Batman has no power. They're they're
1: constantly misunderstood, but they're constantly fighting the police. Right, right, right. Yeah. There's that kind of pull and push. They they they're needed, but they're
0: also uh in in uh in in uh, combative. Yeah,
1: right, we're gonna. I, we have so many text questions. Oh, I got not know get where to, the hour goes, like goes to, on this I show. Know, we're what, gonna do it again. Going on? We have two, two minutes What's so Lufa I, playing with the dials? Because uh, I, I feel like I've been doing this for two minutes. I I got to get to this te- this uh, uh listener. Um, so Manny asks, uh, Manny in New Jersey, um, asks whether. Uh, Professor Xavier from the X Men, who runs the special academy or whatever. Xavier School for the Gifted. uh, Is, and Magneto, which I guess the enemy of the X Men, are they somehow representative of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X?
0: Yes. So, I mean, they're metaphorical of many. Initially, neither, uh, Magneto was not Jewish, by the way. I have to, that came later in the 80s. So, I think initially there was this sort of like, how do we deal with people that are different? And there was this kind of, um, Within the X-Men, there was a split, so you have the militant Magneto who believes in, you know, we have to strike first, we have to be militant, and I think that sort of who represents a Malcolm, Malcolm X, and here you have uh, a Martin Luther King who believes in tolerance, coexistence, and uh, also kind of Israeli political uh, hawks and dubs. But Oosh, you to throw in Israel
1: right at the end of the go. show. Rabbi Simcha Weinstein, author of Up, Up, and Oy Vey book on the Jew- on the history of, uh, of the influence of Jewish thought and culture and history on the comic book superhero. Also, a uh, uh, wonderful book on Jewish humor called Shtick Shift. You got it. <laughs> it's hard to say on the radio. Happy New Year to everyone, Rabbi Simcha. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, we'll catch you next year on a very different topic. It
0: was on. my honor. Happy New Year, everybody.
1: Super Jew
2: just for one day, we can be heroes just for one day.